Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky, and I am joined by my co-host, Corey DLG. Corey, we are running a dual quarterback system for this podcast. Uh, I, I don't know. Is that a trend do you think will catch on? Do you think other – do you think like big teams maybe will grab that and, and run with it? I don't know. We'll see how it works. Maybe not big teams, but probably some of the smaller, less successful teams might try it out. <laughs> some of the severely less <laughs> successful teams. We're going to talk about a dual quarterback system. We're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to bring back the segment – the play that sinks the Texans, and we're going to make some picks. That's all coming up. Corey, let's start out with this dual quarterback system because my question to you, after watching last week's game, how much Jeff Driscoll is too much Jeff Driscoll? Oh, man, that is a that is a brilliantly stupid question. I love it. Uh, I felt like he got like – Two or three too many plays. They were close. Yeah. It was a little too much. But last week wasn't horrible. Yeah, I, I I think you're I think you're right on. Like I think they're right at the edge of it. They definitely can't do any more of it. They probably could do one or two less and look a little more efficient about it. Right? Because you gotta really you gotta really pick spots and have like just things ready, right? So, like, you got to maybe pick five different little points in a game. Okay, if we're ever on a second one at midfield, and then just wait and see if it ever comes up. Oh, oh, we're we're second one on the 43? Okay, yeah, yeah. Tried out that Driscoll play we drew up. I um, didn't hate him in the red zone. No, he gives us a little bit more. He gives us a, a few more options in the red zone. The problem is because he runs so frequently, they've got to get him to throw a couple more times so that in the red zone, defenses are guessing more. But you don't want to put him out there too many times. So it's kind of a weird, I don't He's know. Definitely, he definitely doesn't feel like a multiple read quarterback, you know, which no, is no, why no, maybe no. like yeah. the bootleg gimmick stuff in the red zone. Uh, when he's like rolling out and has like some very easy reads to make or just pitched out the back of the end zone to run seem like they probably work the best for him. I made this point on Sunday, but if you have the, the old mantra, right? Is if you are playing two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback, right? Well, yep. this team, John Madden, that's John this, Madden. Yep. He's this brilliant team knows that they do not have a quarterback. And so this <laughs> actually funnily enough in a world where they only have backup caliber quarterbacks kind of sort of feels like it might work like the FCS team that like runs two quarterbacks all season long to a weird success um <laughs> so you know who used to who used to advocate for this all the time nationally was uh, Michael Wilbon Michael Wilbon used to say all the time they use multiple pitchers in baseball uh, everyone takes shots in basketball uh, multiple guys bring the ball up in basketball. So how come the NFL thinks they're special? Um, and he's not necessarily wrong. If you're struggling, uh, and, and frankly, Baltimore is sort of making the case for constantly just getting a new quarterback every four years. There's been a couple teams that have said signing. There's been a couple 
people who have said signing quarterbacks gets too expensive. So what we should be doing as franchises is drafting a quarterback, playing to his skills for four or five years, and then when that contract is over, letting him go. Uh, so Lamar Jackson is entering that kind of that era in his contract where it's time to renegotiate, and it terrifies Baltimore because he wants a ton of money and he wants to be the featured person and he wants to run and throw and do everything. And if he gets hurt, like he is right now for this week and I think one more week, Baltimore doesn't know what they're going to do. So there is a little bit of a precedent for the idea of having more than one good, competent, intelligent, offense-running quarterback. The problem is that isn't what the Texans are trotting out there, right? Like, they're trotting out there one guy who should know the offense by now, and then another guy who can seemingly only do a few things. And then they're trying to just keep the defense off balance. Well, in those two situations, though, feel like Baltimore is using that as a break glass because of an injury, whereas... The Texans, like, legitimately don't have a guy, and so they need to try and play two guys because a way that the Texans can find success is through weird football gimmicks. And I, this is one of those weird football gimmicks, and because of the talent deficit, trying to throw this kind of stuff against the wall kind of might work for them. I, 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 I'm curious... I, I hate to put the, the screws to you, as it were, but do you have, like, a snap count number in mind that you'd like to see for for uh, these guys in, in a perfect world? Yeah, zero. Well, okay. In a Texans perfect world, let's say. That was a, a, you, know what, you know what? I I set you up poorly for that one. That one's on me. Uh, in, in a world where you're dealing with the 2022 Texans roster, what is the snap count you're looking for? Uh, if I have to play him, which it sounds like you're saying I don't have a choice. You you, you have um, to play one of these guys <laughs> at some point. <laughs> when the offense takes the field and one of these two people has to speak in the huddle, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to. I mean, if Jeff if Jeff Jerskol played maybe five five plays, no more than five, and then if Davis Mills could somehow run 60 65 plays and we are still in a game in the fourth quarter i'd be thrilled that that feels like the uh that feels like the best case scenario for sure is just keeping that snap count low like i said use him in the red zone uh, i think would be would be ideal i i wanted to take a look at the chiefs uh, the of course the opponents for week 15 for the Texans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, before you say this, I want to point out. Remember, we've been like privately swapping like the TV viewing maps and kind of laughing about yes. the size of the uh, this week or the lack of the lack of coverage. <laughs> yeah, the lack of coverage. Like uh, the Cleveland game was literally only seen in Ohio and here in Houston, and then like somewhere in West Texas for some reason. Um, this game against the Chiefs is the entire West Coast, from Texas north to Canada and just left. That's a pretty remarkable statement on the Kansas City Chiefs draw. The really, it's the Patrick Mahomes draw. Yeah, 
Well, I well, probably yeah, yeah. That's probably pretty fair. That's probably yeah, absolutely. He's a star. Uh, he's in the commercials. Andy Reid uh, made a funny commercial. Um, yeah, it's the Patrick Mahomes effect. Uh, but also the Chiefs are, they've been in, like, they're consistently good right now. They've been in two of the last five Super Bowls, two of the last four, something like that. Won one, lost one. They are a good team. So people are going to, people like to watch good, good football is entertaining. Uh, and so it's going to be a real dichotomy. I'm, I, there are times in the World Cup that I like to watch games because the two countries play such different styles of soccer that you can show it to anybody and really kind of explain how soccer can be different from country to country. Like, Russia plays a very aggressive stand-up style, and a lot of the European and Latin nations play a lot more finesse. And so I remember maybe eight years ago there was a match between Russia and Spain where there was just this real dichotomy where Spain was trying to find space and get it and move the ball around, and Russia was just bully balling everyone they could. And you could really kind of watch that game and, and, and see a massive difference in styles. And that was a good game to show to a novice and say, listen, countries play different. There's different ways to play the same game. This game is going to be an example of that, but sort of like in the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you you brought up play styles because one of the one of the things that the chiefs have done really well is utilize Jarek McKinnon like in the playoffs last year and then really this year there's been quite a few games last last week obviously against the broncos he really went off but they've i feel like they've been using him a lot more this year and it feels like a a piece what the he really is taking on that like Shane Vereen James White uh, Patriots running back who is solid, a solid runner, but he's a really great pass catcher and can take these little screens or these dump offs, these little slants, arrow routes, and then all of a sudden he's going 30, 40 to the house with him. That feels like Jarek McKinnon's role. And I was looking back through some of these games the Texans have played. I mean, Tony Pollard last week killed the Texans. You go back a few weeks, Antonio Gibson, another guy who does a really good job catching. Uh, when he's out there running routes, getting out of the backfield, he had over 100 total yards against the Texans. Go back a few more weeks, Austin Eckler, another pa pass catching back. I was he about had to say really his name. Yeah, game. the Chargers game. Again, yeah. Yep, against uh, against the Texans. Jaguars. You had the Texans won, but uh, Travis Etienne. He's another guy who can uh, catch out of the backfield or running routes. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage. I think McKinnon is really going to have a day. Uh, I think he will. I also think uh, the Pacheco, the other one, will. Because I don't think they'll be able to help themselves. I think they're just going to consistently hand that ball off. And both guys are going to be able to just go up and down the field at will. Yeah. I mean, the, we've, <laughs> we have covered very well how bad the Texans are against the, against the run. So, Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, he was running over those Broncos defenders at the end of that game, and the Broncos have yeah. a good defense. Exactly, and, exactly. And the, the the linebackers for the, the the linebackers for the Texans, I just I don't think they can cover sideline to sideline to cover really any of the running backs that the Chiefs are going to throw at at this group. No, it's 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 a it's a clear mismatch, and it's it's 
a very clear mismatch because McKinnon is a Pro Bowl level player and Pacheco's having a great season. And even the guys they have behind them, um, one of them was a rookie two years ago and his rookie year was really great. And then Pacheco took his job. So it's not like they're like, if we got lucky and one of these guys stubbed his toe or missed the game for some reason, even the third and fourth string running backs are, are these great competent guys that are just going to embarrass us. Quick side note, this has nothing to do with this game, but really quick side note. I did uh, a feature piece one time on Jarek McKinnon. I, uh, because the, the school, so the college I went to, Minnesota State, used to be where the Vikings went to training camp. In the last two years that they were in training camp, I was in college. So the last two years of Mankato training camp for the Vikings uh, were when I was in college and all the the people who worked at the uh, in the athletic department or for the school paper got press passes to the Vikings training camp. So I got to do an article for our school paper on Jarek McKinnon. Uh, and he is one of the nicest guys. Literally a top three guy if – I was going to have a beer with an athlete or like hang out at a bar with an athlete hands down, like a top three, maybe top two pick such a nice guy, such a super, super awesome dude, really joyful, really cool guy. And he is absolutely going to tear the Texans a new one on Sunday. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. He was... Just a quick side note, just because I always, I always try and pump up Jared McKinnon whenever I, I talk about him, because he was so nice to uh, a college kid who I'm sure was fumbling his way through one of the worst interviews he had to sit through. Well, and and also when he was in Minnesota, it never really felt like he got it figured out, because I think he had one or two different years where he got hurt, and. He really kind of struggled to, to make it work in, in Minnesota for any real length of time. But he is a really good running back. He he really is. He You know what he's really good at? He's really good at finding space in a defense uh, and, and making sure that his quarterback is is able to, to utilize him in that space. So, like, that touchdown pass he had from Mahomes where he's Mahomes, he's knows exactly where he is on the – on the field, he knows where the linebacker and the safety is. He settles in that hole, makes sure he's tracking with Mahomes while also not running out of bounds before he comes back in to catch the ball. And right. that's what really opened up for that touchdown. He's always been good at that. And he just has been – I mean, the Vikings have had a series of really good running backs, but he also has had injury problems. Uh, San Francisco felt like that was going to be the perfect marriage uh, for him. And it never oh, yeah. Because I forgot about that. But – he he's a really good running back. He's I think he's a very high IQ uh, running back. Not to say that there's dumb running, but I'm just saying like he understands where he's supposed to go in the defense because he's not like a Derrick Henry where he's just gonna beat you up for four quarters. You know. Let's let's be clear. There are dumb running backs. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. There are dumb ones. That's okay. And, and usually you know who they are because your team doesn't play them on third downs because they don't know how to pass block. Because that's about reading your assignment and knowing where you're supposed to. Like, how do I fit into the whole play? And if they can't figure that out, it's because they're dumb. That's okay. It's all right. I, I know for a fact Jarek McKinnon, not a dumb. I'll, I'll stand by that. Not a dumb He running back. He's <laughs> shorter than, than me, and uh, and he is an awesome pass blocker. Uh, he's. I know I'm pumping up Chiefs guys here, 
and we can talk a little bit more about the Texans in a second here. But I, I really do think that the how the all the variety of different ways that they use their running backs in that offense are that's what's really going to hurt the Texans over and over again. And I, I just that's the most glaring thing. It's probably an obvious point with how they have played their linebacking course played, but that's just. When I'm looking at this game and going through some of the stats, that's the thing that stuck out to me the very most. Oh yeah, um, my 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 guy that I've met a couple times that I would say is cool to get a beer with was uh, and this sounds bad to say because it turns out he's not a cool guy at all. We didn't know though. Was Adrian Peterson? Oh yeah, yeah, I've talked with him as well. Uh, he uh, you know, I used to work at a little dive bar and he he had bought a house in that area. And he would come out there in the off season. That's when he lived out there in Houston. And so in the off season, he would come up to this little dive bar when he was trying to just lay low and have a beer and just have sports and on and feel normal. Probably he would sit there and that's what he would do. So occasionally towards the end of the night, he would be sitting around and some of the staff would be chilling with him. So I've talked to him a couple different times. He was a really nice guy. I mean, it turned out that's not the case, but he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, he was always nice during interviews and stuff like that. Obviously, people can put on a front for that, and the home life with Peterson was obviously now we know about that, which is unfortunate. But he he was always really nice in interviews too. Yeah, he seemed really easy to kind of just kind of chit chat with, and was very low key. And and like he was so low key, it would feel weird to be like, oh hey, how how are you? like because he made it like he was like, oh hey, how are you? And then you felt like a jerk for yeah. bothering the nice normal person. But, like, I mean, in hindsight, it was fake. But no one knew that at the time. Hindsight is uh, is twenty twenty, as they say. And he did, uh, he, did do, could... he did do a good job. Like, everyone walked away thinking, like, I mean, just so many people. People who were like, oh, I hate the Vikings or whatever. They would walk away being like, he seems like a really nice guy. So, like, he did a good job with it. No, I can, I can, definitely, I can definitely see that based on the interactions I've, I've had with him as well. Uh, if you're if you're looking at this game, Corey, who are some keys for the Texans side of things to try and help them keep in this game, especially now that they're running this dual quarterback system? Who needs to who needs to step up for this team? Honestly, everyone on well, really everyone on the team. If you weren't drafted in this draft, your job is on notice. You are playing to make sure you have a spot to come back to next year. Uh, right now, we've got 38 players under contract for next year. We have $44 million in cap room. Uh, there's three guys who eat up a big amount of our cap that we could probably move one or two of them and maybe do something about uh, and get a lot of cap space back. So it wouldn't be hard to replace a lot of this of this team very quickly. So I would say everybody should be on notice. But if your name is Davis Mills, uh, if your name is uh, Collins, if your name is Hughes, I would say you really need to step it up and keep going out there and playing well. I have two. I have two specific. You're 100 percent right. First of all, but I have two specific. Th- uh, positions to throw at you okay my first my first is tight ends i think if you're running multiple quarterbacks uh maybe having some 
easy like off of like play action or something like that some easy throws those little uh seam hitch routes where the tight end goes like kelsey does this all the time goes like five yards down the seam and then kind of finds a space to sit in between linebackers uh those kind of routes trying to make some easy completions for these guys i think that'll be kind of huge is oj howard still on this team i honestly i i don't remember anyone saying he's cut or he's hurt but i don't i don't feel like we've seen his name mentioned he is still on the he is still on the roster. Uh, he has over the last few we or really the last like two months been kind of buried on the roster. He's listed uh, according to Arlander's uh, depth chart. He's listed as the fourth string tight end. So I don't know. I, I feel like Jordan Atkins is the guy that you need to have. I'm just a little. Just go off. I guess I'm just a little. I feel like I trust his hands the most of all. Of them. I guess I'm a little. All the time. I'm a little ends. blown away by that though, because I feel like he came out and had a really strong week. What was it like two and three when we first got him? Um, he had the. I think it was the the first week that he had the two touchdowns. And then, and then I think in the third game he actually caught two or three other balls, and then like that was kind of it. Yeah, OJ. O.J. Howard had two catches, two touchdowns in the game against the Colts. And I think there was one more game where he was he was okay, and then he just disappeared. Man. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it surprises me. Because I think you, I, I would expect to, to see the tight ends perform, and I would think that a guy that we, who started so well for it. I don't know, man. It's just been so much inconsistency throughout the season from everybody. It's hard to judge, I suppose. Yeah, I, I feel like recently, if we're going the last month, two months, it feels like Aikens is kind of the guy you can depend on in that group over everyone else. But every, each tight end has seemingly had a moment in at least one game. Uh, and all of these guys have also disappeared for large chunks of the season. So yeah. Hard to tell. I, it would be nice to have some scheme completions, just some easy ones for these quarterbacks. The other position group I'm looking at is the defensive ends because for whatever reason, the Texans have done a decent job at rushing to pa- the passer despite how little they blitz and how bad they are against the run. And so you need Hughes and uh, or Cornerquaw. I'm butchering his name. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but, but both those guys, they really – you ha- and it's not going to work. Let me preface it by saying I know it's not going to work. But they have to try and seal the edges and not let Patrick Mahomes run all over the place. Now, he's going to he's gonna find – I mean, something's going to open up in front of him between the guard and the center or something. He's going to slip out and extend to play and hurt you and run around and – it's going to happen anyways, but if they can do everything they can to seal off those edges, don't get put downfield too quickly to open stuff up, open that pocket up nice and wide for uh, to for Mahomes to run out of and keep a play going, that would be immensely helpful. <laughs> oh, it would be great. Now, one thing about Patrick Mahomes, though, is he is – I'm going to use the word gettable here. He does take some sacks sometimes because he does stretch plays too long. And then he looks up and realizes, oh, man, I've had the ball for, like, 12 seconds. Let me – and I can't get rid of it now. Um, well, and they also run a lot of deep concept. Yeah, they do. Too. They do. So there are opportunities to get to them. Not a lot of them, though. 
Um, so yeah, I, I am with you. I think that the 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 ends really do need to get in there and, and get something done. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes has been sacked twenty one times this year. Yeah, you you uh, you can get to you can get some sacks. It's just a matter of they they can't go in with the mentality of we really got to pin our ears back and go and then just play try and play fast and get forced down the field. Right, right? they've got to try and keep him contained. Try and keep him in one location, uh, especially because I don't think these linebackers are just gonna fly around as much as you want. And, oh no no no! And clean up some of that stuff. Yeah you know? no, it is all on the defensive line. But I do think it's possible. And with twenty-one sacks, I mean that's that's a little over one and a half a game. So hopefully we were over two. I mean I'd like to say that we're we can lean on that side of the ball a little bit specifically for getting to the quarterback. We've been able to get to the quarterback this year, so. I think maybe we're good for two sacks. Remember the first half they played against Philly? Yeah, that wasn't good. That's that's what it needs to be like. Where we where we were kind of counterpunching the whole time and just kind of Philly really didn't know what to do. Well, and just more even on a more minute level, just the defensive line, how it felt like they were hitting him like every play in that yeah, first half. Yeah, they really were. That's what it's got to be. Yeah, you're right. Like, just really kind of bother him a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that would be nice. That is what it would take, I think, to win. Do you think it's too ambitious for Amari Rogers or Chris Moore to to have an impact on this game like they did last game? I think everyone should be playing because we said earlier there's yards to be had against this. There defense. are. I, I, everyone should be playing for the opportunity to steal a starting job next year. Everyone should be playing with the mentality that everything is up for grabs. So, is it a lot to ask? Yeah, I don't think it's likely. Is it possible they do it? Anything is possible. Uh, I'd love to find out that we're wrong about our sixth wide receiver, fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. I mean, that'd be great if they go out there and, you know, they, they play so well these last few weeks that we start talking about, well, we've got our slot figured out, like, I think it'd be. I, I think that'd be wonderful. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's likely, but I would love it if it happened. Well, here's here's yeah. to hoping. Here's to hoping. Uh, anything else stick out out you? Any matchups you're looking at before we uh, get to our our segment of the play that sinks the Texans? Uh, no, I do. I do want to before we. Before we get out today, I do want to make a comment about, on a totally different note, the Dan Snyder drama that also broke over the last day and a half or so. But no, with this, I don't have anything. I don't have anything else. I, I, I think we are... I'm... <laughs> okay, listen. Going into the Cowboys game, I was dreading it. And I was so thrilled with how they played. And I was so proud of how they played. Um... And, I, and they, I felt good about what they actually put on the field last week. I would love for that to happen again. I'm not optimistic that it will happen again, though. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to see this team doing that two weeks. Right, in a row. because then you got to be, be like, where was this in the middle of the season when we were getting run on? Like, like what, what? But I don't know. It's tough to say. Um, 
No, let's let's go ahead. Let's pivot over to you. You go first this time. What is your play that that breaks the game? Well, first, 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 I'm gonna make you read. All right, places. fine. Who's the adult? I guess. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> uh, it's never a good idea to drink and drive. But what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you got pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has hundreds of hours of hands-on instruction in a lab learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist. Because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832 209 2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297 or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Uh, it's time to trade in your masks for face masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Splat Zone is a great, low-impact, family-friendly experience, and if you use their website to make reservations, you can get 5% off by using the code BATTLEREDSPLAT. Uh, make sure to go to The Adventure Begins in Conroe on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas, 77384, at the Marcel Town Center. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is bright, family-friendly, well-lit. They're a great place to go and get your nerd on. Nico and I regularly go there and do our nerdy, nerdy things. Uh, on top of that... They have this great new uh, addition called Adventure Begins Stadium. It is sports friendly and it sells all kinds of sports cards, sports uh, memorabilia that's signed, all kinds of great, awesome stuff that you should definitely be checking out. It is a great little spa uh, space to go if you're a sports collector. They have all kinds of great things and great opportunities. I saw they have some soccer jerseys because of the World Cup going on, things of that nature. And the sports card thing is just blown up. Uh, I was watching HBO Max the other day and Mark Wahlberg. Apparently, one of, I guess he has a son, and the son is big into the sports cards. And they do, they call it Card Boys or something like that. Uh, this, but someone was talking, and you can open a pack and have a six-figure card randomly in your pack. It can happen to anybody. So, there's no reason not to go to the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more. And just get out a couple of, couple of bucks and buy a sports card pack. And maybe change the course of your life. So get out to the adventure begins uh, whenever you have some time for this holiday season. Life changing stuff happening on the Battle Red Radio. Potentially, Potentially. I mean, stuff. We don't yeah, you never know. But if you open it up uh, and Tom Brady right. signed it or something, Let, hey, couple couple hundred grand. Anything's possible, baby. Do you, what would you do? All right, the what new would you segment. Like nine years old, and you had a two hundred thousand dollar card in the palm of your hand. What would you even do with something like that? I would buy so much candy. <laughs> oh my god. The, so the, much and, candy. And you actually mean candy as the edible kind because you're only nine in that story. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I don't like... There'd be a lot of Reese's. Reese's and Kit Kat. I can't even... like. I would be the most insufferable rich kid you've ever met. Uh, and yeah, I'd be like one of those YouTube kids and then it would all be gone and they'd be like, what happened? And I'd be like... I don't know, man. I don't know. I had it yesterday. It's gone today. 
Life comes at you fast. <laughs> Life comes at you fast, Papa. <laughs> Life comes at you fast. All right, let's let's get to this segment. It's our new segment, the play that sinks the Texans. It could be a play. It could be a player. You just need to tell when it's going to happen, at what part of the game, and what it looks like. You're having me go you know, first this round. I'm gonna let you go first this time. You always put me on the spot. I don't mind, but I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have the runway here. All right. Well, I think if you listen to the first half and have gotten this far <laughs> with us, you probably know where I'm going with this. It's gonna be a uh, Jarek McKinnon. It's gonna be one of those little. I I think it's gonna be a little screen. It's gonna be a little screen at like the forty. Uh, the Texans 40 that they get a couple blocks. He miss, makes a, a safety miss down the field and all of a sudden he's in the end zone to go up 14 to zero. I think this happens uh, midway through the second quarter, midway through the second quarter and they're going up 14, 21, zero, something like that. But it's a screen pass that McKinnon houses Oof. and all of a sudden you're looking around saying, geez, we're just taking on water every which way here. Uh, I'm going to, Jump in a similar boat. Not the same boat, though. Um, our special teams has been pretty good all year. Um, a, a couple of lapses here and there, but generally speaking, pretty good. I think this is one of those games where we finally just... Like you said, we're going to be taking on water from all all sides. And I, and I think for whatever reason, our special teams kind of buckles. Um, there's just so much speed on the Chiefs' side of the ball that it's hard to... It's hard to imagine we're going to contain it all day and in all phases. So I'm going to say that there's a punt or kick return for a touchdown. Oh, I like this. When, when is it happening? Uh, I'm going to say whenever they get their kickoff. Top of the first or top of the third. I like, you're also predicting the the coin top. Well, I'm saying either one. Whenever we, whenever they get their sneaky fake, sneaky fake, <laughs> predicting the coin top. Whenever, whenever they get their kickoff for the half, uh, then that'll be that'll be the one that that houses on us. Oh boy! All right, I, I, I like that pick though. I like going special teams a little more off the yeah, I, path. All right, let's our special teams some... has been really consistent, but I just I feel like. There's it just has. so much going on in this game that it's going to be the one thing that everyone kind of overlooks. All right, let's make some picks. The oh line. Oh, gosh. What's the line? What's the Plus bad news? 14. That's not that bad. They really convinced some people after this Cowboys game. Pause before we get to the over-under. Over was it the Cowboys game that impacted this line? Or was it the Broncos game? that? It, which one influenced it more? Was it the fact that the Broncos came back within, what was it, six points? I think I said eight points last episode. It's definitely six, yeah. right? The uh, No, the I don't think it has anything to do with the Broncos. I think it has everything to do with we have been lethargic offensively and defensively, and teams have felt like good teams are going to explode on us. I mean, coming into the Cowboys game, it was a 21-point differential. Almost. Felt like. 18, I think, 17, whatever it was. Yeah, it was like 17 and a half, 18, depending so, on the spot. So, I mean, we really, you got to, I mean, for a team that lost to the Cowboys, and now we're playing a more complete and better team, I feel like, and the spread actually moves in our favor, I think this says a lot about us. 
potentially i could see either one with just how dead in the water that Broncos well i listen even a, even uh, a blind scroll was due to, to like even russell wilson was going to accidentally put some points on the board boy two weeks ago i don't know if you could have <laughs> <laughs> well he hadn't done it all year so like you wouldn't have been wrong to be like i don't know but i mean even even terrible current russell wilson is going to occasionally look up and go hey wait a minute aren't i russell wilson uh, so a quick side note for uh for the Russell Wilson, I uh, there's a there's a kid on TikTok that tracks every week. He does an update of which is winning, the amount of bathrooms that Russell Wilson has in his house or touchdown passes that he's thrown in this season, and so he's been tracking and he has Russell Wilson in his new Colorado house has twelve yeah, bathrooms. Yeah. And so he's been trailing his bathrooms all season. And now I believe last week he got to 11, but he also got a concussion. So depending on how bad his concussion is, the bathrooms could actually win, <laughs> win this yeah, game of, of who, can, who can finish the season. With I was actually more. paying attention to that chart. I actually posted that chart in the uh, Battle Red uh, blog like, like uh, a whole month ago. Because I was fascinated. It's I was hilarious. fascinated by the idea. Because at the time, he was nowhere near the pace. Because um, the first few weeks, there were no touchdowns. It was all field goals. And then, I think there were a couple rushing touchdowns. So, like, yeah, it, it was. I think it was 12-2 to two or 12-4 to four when I became aware of the graph in its existence. It's amazing. And just... just... Just for everybody who's listening at home, just so you can be in on the uh, in on the game as well. That's being tracked. Don't worry, we're we're tracking everything in sports. That's being tracked. That's a stat well. worthy uh, of tracking, though. I I think I think it's important important history note taking happening yeah, in real time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> These are the documents that must last must last past our lifetime. Over under for this game forty nine and a half. I uh, we hit the over last time. It wasn't how we thought it was going to go down, but they hit the over last time. I think the Chiefs are probably that thirty to thirty five point range, which means you're asking the Texans to do a lot of like <laughs> for that for yeah. the Texans. They'd have to get to twenty. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say the Texans cover the 14 but the under hits. I hate to agree with you. Yeah, no, I, I know because I'm I'm so far ahead two weeks in, a row. in standings. It's, it's got to hurt at this point. <laughs> I hate just on the principle <laughs> I, uh, but I think I think that's the way I'm gonna lean to. I I think that there will be a weird backdoor. Yeah, cover I do too. I think it, I think if it's where they they just they lose by like yeah 12, if it's twenty eight you know? eleven or tw you know twenty eight to twelve or something like we did it. Oh no, that's not gonna work. Twenty eight to fourteen. Is it fourteen and a half or is it fourteen even? I don't hate the. It's fourteen. The one I'm looking at is fourteen okay. even. Uh, yeah, I can. I still even. I twenty eight seventeen. 
I can see the Chiefs even spotting us a couple points. I mean, like, I, I can see them being lined up and just taking a safety instead of trying to run out of the end zone because they're not worried about the scoreboard. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's crazy to think this game ends thirty to seven. Right, right, and which, and so in which case everything's clear. So yeah. I, I just think the. Yeah, I think I think you can grab the points. It's going to be one of those where it was really a two touchdown win, but the scoreboard. You know how those games are? It's like, oh, that that feels like it was a two three touchdown win for the Chiefs because they're in such control, even though the scoreboard says they won by thirteen. Yeah. I I just feels like that might be the game it plays because I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a let the foot off the gas pedal, not as drastically maybe as the Miami game. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right though. I do think they. They're going to let the Texans back in late in the fourth. Just because they're going to be in such a hurry to get out of here. They're like, okay, whatever. He scored. Great. Cool. Can we leave? Alrighty then. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm making the pick for Nico. I'm making Nico's picks. And he is picking plus 14 and over 49 and a half. Because that feels like the Nico it energy. It does. I think he wants the points. He wants all the points. He always wants all the points all the time. Um, I know we're, he's the man he does, who loves scoring. I know we're I know we're we're doing a short one here, and I know we're about to get out, but I I feel like we have to at least comment on this Dan Snyder stuff. This is crazy to me. I don't know that I, I don't. I know the NBA occasionally has like some weird ownership stuff. The NFL though has always done such a good job of being like a solid front that everything that keeps coming out. So now Jim Irsay, who's not above getting himself in trouble every once in a while. He's he's kind of known to be a little bit of an out there guy. Uh, Dan Snyder and him are feuding a little bit. But Jim Irsay did come off of his quote that he wants to see Dan Snyder sell the team. He, he now wants to hear what the rest of his peers have to say before he makes a decision on whether or not the commanders should sell their team. Um... However, it also came out that Dan Snyder is the one who released the NFL email stuff that got John Gruden fired. And he did it to try and hide his bad news in the media. I mean, all of these guys only care about what impacts them the most, right? So uh yeah, to that's... an extent, but I but it's still the like it's still the NFL and ultimately there there tends to be a little bit of law and order I don't know what it is behind the scenes, but like, you know that there are certain owners that don't like each other. Like apparently Arthur Blank is not really thought very much of in the league, the stuff like that. However, nobody comes out publicly and is like, Arthur Blank has no business owning the Falcons. Like they, they just kind of, you know what I mean? Like they just make it work. So it's a little surprising to see, to still be seeing all this stuff going on with the commanders. Like, like they just can't get him under control. I don't know. I I guess I just don't see it going any other way than at some point they're going to sit him down and be like, you're out. Like, you're done. They're going to have to as these investigations and all that stuff continues. That's what it's going to have to be at some point. But obviously there's the, the club of being an owner that – all these guys are yeah for sure and they all have they don't want to start turning they don't want to start turning on one guy because selfishly they don't want other people to start turning on them as well and so again they're all they're gonna look they're gonna self-preservation is the the code for billionaires and so they're gonna look out for what 
helps them the most in the what they think the long term is and that's that's just that's never gonna change. no it, it won't but what's surprising to me is just the way that they've like it just has never stopped with dan snyder somehow like the last two and a half years have just been non-stop madness and that's because he's a he really is dude. but also a lot of embarrassment to the league which is kind of one of the only things they care about you know jim ursay could be a crazy person but it was only when he got a DWI and got caught with painkillers that the league said anything about him being a crazy person. Like, they were fine with him being the kooky owner of the Colts all the way up until he embarrassed them publicly. And then they were like, whoa, whoa, bro. Whoa, whoa. Uh, so I just, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they just can't seem to, to rein in Dan Snyder. Like, there's just, especially considering now that it's out that he absolutely... I mean, he got a, he got another team to fire their head coach by embarrassing the league. Like, on a couple different levels, it's devious. You know what I mean? It is, but at the same time, like, they've got to figure out the Snyder stuff before they can get on to another <laughs> another G or yeah. another owner. I, I'm just I, I I just I think he's running out of time. This was a, there was an owners meeting and Earth. Ursay was the only one who had publicly said that maybe it's time for Dan Snyder to start looking at selling the team. So coming out of this owner's meeting with him saying, uh, I, I really want to hear what the rest of my peers have to say before I make a decision. It sounds to me like internally they're kind of trying to ease off of a little bit of that rhetoric. But, I mean, he's under investigation all over the place for, you know, all kinds of frauds and thefts and, and just and now financial crimes and regulations and Sexual, sexual harassment, harassment. and then uh, covering up sexual harassment. And then he's still using apparently some of the images from some of the women who have sued him or sued the organization for sexual harassment. Some of those images are still used in Redskins promotional materials. It The other yeah, the other day someone finally was like, the league told him he had to remove them from the images. <laughs> so it joke. just, it feels like there's never a lesson learned, just more problems found. Well, I'm glad you decided to end the podcast on this happy note. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know me. I'm here to ruin your day almost as much as the Texans are. Uh, no, I think this stuff is interesting because I think it's important. I think everyone loves the NFL and enjoys watching it, but I think it's – I mean, Dan Snyder is one of those guys who – like concussions and Dan Snyder are two of the things that can really kind of hurt the league – in these big traumatic ways, depending on how it all goes. What if he really does have blackmail files on all the owners? No, you're 100% right. He could be the, the poison pill that really. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't damage. go away, but like he could cost him a trillion dollars one year for sure. 100% agree. 100% agree. All right, that, that's all I got on it. I just I wanted to say that. I needed to say that because I do think it's worth looking at. I'm glad you got it off your chest, and I'm glad that we are now <laughs> prepared, ready for whatever happens in the Kansas City Chiefs-Houston Texans game. Hey, make sure that you are subscribing wherever you found this show it's because we will have content starting right away with the start of next week. All through next week, we'll have Texans podcast for you so make sure you're coming back subscribing it means a whole lot to us he's my co-host Corey dlg i'm your host colt molesky 
and this has been another installment of Battle Red Radio. <laughs>